Hello, folks, and welcome to a Naked Gospels Dispatch. I am Shane O'Neill, and I want to give a shout out to all of you because we just got over a thousand subscribers on YouTube, and we are thrilled and thankful about that. It helps us to fulfill our hope and our vision for this podcast to normalize these kinds of conversations within the church because, well, sexual misconduct and abuse is just as present in the church as it is in the culture around us. All of us have seen churches implode uh, due to abuse. We've seen families fall apart, uh, children estranged from their families, from their parents, and we've seen friends who are trapped in pornography or easy, cheap sex in a ways that will just hurt us and, uh, and hurt them. And so these kinds of conversations are beneficial, and I think they're important, and they're also not very popular, hence the celebration over a thousand subscribers. And uh, we want to continue to invite you to track with us. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, a link will be down below. Along with subscribing, hit the bell button, which allows you to dictate what YouTube actually shows you. You get to see what you want to see. It notifies you whenever a video goes up and prevents YouTube from just sending you whatever they want to send you. And it allows you to take authority and ownership over what you are consuming. This is a milestone for us because only once we start having these kinds of conversations will the church and the people around us start to interact with these kinds of conversations. And we look at every comment, every like, we track with you guys, and we just really appreciate your support. So continue to share these episodes, these interviews, and continue to track with us. And we are just genuinely blessed by all of you. So thank you. And in lieu of the celebration, I want to offer three resources that will help you or someone you care about kick porn and get away from maybe practices of cheap and easy sex. I've alliterated them for us so that they're easy. Mostly that's for me so that I remember them. Uh, confession, community, and Christ. Um, I think we're all familiar with those words, but let's peel them back a little bit so that we can see some of the richer meaning underneath them. So confession... For me, probably like many of you, I have an allergy to the word. I don't particularly like the word confession. Uh, probably for obvious reasons, we treat confession as something we do after we've really messed up. But I want to first look at the science and then re-understand what confession actually is. So there are four chemicals that contribute to happiness. The four chemicals are dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, and oxytocin. When we experience any sort of happiness, those four chemicals are at play. So when it comes to sexually being aroused, that's dopamine. We are conditioned by our environment, by our upbringing, by our culture, and self-conditioned in a lot of ways to move towards pornography or towards sex in specific situations, both pleasure and pain. So we don't just turn to pornography when we're you know, horny. We turn to pornography in moments of celebration, moments of pain, moments of depression. A lot of people just watch pornography when they're bored. Uh, we look at it to wake us up in the morning. We look at it to tuck us in at night. So pornography has the ability to embed itself in a lot of areas of our life and a lot of emotions. And what the, what's happening there is that dopamine is wiring our brains to move towards those ends when we experience those kinds of sensations. The beautiful story that's hidden underneath all of that is in moments of both pain and pleasure, we're designed to move towards our spouse. Uh, but due to 
easy dating apps and pornography, we instead move towards alternatives that are much more detrimental and harmful for us. So what's happening in those sorts of situations is we're creating kind of a neurological pathways to reinforce that sort of behavior. Now, this sort of wiring and conditioning is why most of us feel stuck and there isn't necessarily a lot of hope when you look at the situation that way, but there is hope. There is the ability to rewire your brain to reconstruct those neural pathways and in steps oxytocin. So oxytocin is released uh, when we have genuine human connections, when we move towards people with vulnerability and weakness. It's what's released when a mother is breastfeeding with her baby. It's what released in intimacy and sex when we make eye contact. So vulnerability and weakness are kind of the channels or the drivers for oxytocin to be released. And that actually does rewire our brains, which links directly to confession. So if we look at a passage in the Bible from the book of James, uh, chapter five, where it says, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another so that you might be healed. That practice is actually rewiring your brain and empowers you to get away from the practices that have been so detrimental in your own life. And again, I want to reiterate that most of us have understood confession and been taught about confession as something you do after you've messed up, after you've sinned. Uh, but that doesn't need to be the case. We can move towards people in vulnerability and weakness before we've ever messed up. And that releases oxytocin and breaks us away from the neural pathways that have been developed due to dopamine. So let me get away from the science a little bit and make this a little bit more practical. So I, I've been married for three months. Uh, yay me. Uh, and Kaylee works overnight, right? She's a nurse. And she was going to work the other day and my computer has covenant eyes on it. And that's been the case for several years. Um, I noticed that Kaylee's computer was at home. It doesn't have covenant eyes on it. I was feeling particularly fragile and I was concerned. I was concerned for my own safety. I was concerned about what I might do with her computer while she was away. And so I had a decision to make and it wasn't a very fun decision, uh, but I knew that I could start to rewire my brain and break away from the practices that still haunt me in my marriage. So I went to her and I asked her if she could take her computer. She asked why, I told her I was feeling fragile and I didn't trust myself with her computer. And she looked at me for a bit and then she just remarked, okay. She grabbed her computer and went off to work. And I was concerned about what her reaction would be later, um, but not an hour went by before I got a video message from her and she just was thankful for pushing into our marriage, for being vulnerable, for being brave. And what that did is it wired both of our brains to move towards each other in those moments instead of for me to isolate and continue to fall into the pathways that I've created due to dopamine and pornography in the past. So the beauty in all this is modern science is catching up with ancient wisdom and confession is a remarkable resource that Jesus came, died and resurrected to give us. Uh, and it goes a long way in helping you take ownership over the kind of human being that you long to be. Now, of course, you don't have to be married to practice this. Uh, if you have roommates, you can practice it with them. Give them your computer. Check in with them. Uh, you can call somebody once a day. There are a bunch of different ways of practicing this. But just the act of confession will go a long way in allowing you to partner with Jesus and knowing redemption and becoming the kind of person that you long to be. Now, the second one is community. Uh, 
in short, isolated, individualized Christianity isn't Christianity. I mean, for starters, we can't even practice confession and knowing a new humanity without community around us. And community doesn't need to be some kind of abstract thing. It's really just consistently doing game nights or inviting people over after church for a meal. For me, okay, so for instance, I knew that Kaylee was working last night. Of course, I didn't have access to her computer. She's been very diligent with that, which I'm so thankful for. But I invited a friend over and we were able to hang out and kick it for the night. Uh, a lot of times I will go and hang out with families that I respect and kick it with their children, have a meal with them, whatever, go out to eat. There are a lot of ways that this can play out and community is significant because pornography does teach us a relational ethic. It teaches us to sexualize people. It ostracizes ourselves. We live in kind of a self-exile and Maybe worst of all, it teaches us that people are replaceable. Uh, that's the very practice of pornography and easy, cheap dating apps where we just swipe left and swipe right. Um, pornography, when we binge looking for that perfect scene, for that perfect climax, uh, we're just chucking people past us along the way. And it continues to teach us that people are replaceable, that people aren't valuable, that people are expendable, and they're there for our own pleasure. And so practicing community will help you to rewrite that kind of relational ethic that has been taught to us through pornography. So moving towards people and learning to value them, learning to move towards people that you see as valuable will go a long way in rewiring and reshaping not just your brain, but also your affections, desires, and longings. Now, the third and last is Christ, uh, Jesus. So the idea here is that scripture refers to human beings as image bearers, which I've found to be very insightful for kind of just living. Uh, whatever we spend our time looking at, we end up reflecting, whether that's binging a show and taking on the mannerisms and jokes of characters that we admire and look up to, or a whole plethora of other things. We end up reflecting the things that we pursue. If you want to know what's shaping someone's desires and longings and their personality, then look at the things that they're pursuing. And pornography does reshape us in its own image. So Paul is Apostle Paul is a writer of the New Testament in the Bible. He says in Second Corinthians that we all with unveiled faces are beholding the glory of the Lord and are being transformed from one degree of glory to the next. In short, he's saying that Jesus has made us able to look at God again, able to see God. And the more that we spend time looking at Jesus, the more we actually come away reflecting what God is like, his goodness and gentleness and unconditional love uh, that reshapes our passions, affections, and desires. Now, this part is probably the simplest of all. Uh, it really just costs you five minutes a day. So take, for instance, the Gospel of Matthew, which is uh, a book written about the stories and teachings of Jesus. It's the very first book in the New Testament, and it's 28 chapters long. It's something you could read in a month, and all it would cost you is five minutes a day because each chapter is short enough to be read in five minutes. And you might not necessarily experience anything mystical or magical, but as you go through that month and stare at Jesus first thing in the morning or last thing in the day, even if it's just five minutes, it'll start to reshape you and reform you into what he looks like. 
instead of into the image that pornography has shaped us into. It'll help us to see people and to value people in an altogether different way. I'm constantly struck by how Jesus moved towards people. And the one word that's used more than any other word in the New Testament to describe Jesus is filled with compassion. And so he's always moving towards people, seeing them and seeing their value. If you want to change your longings and desires, then look at something else. So in recap, uh, confession, community, and Christ, those three things, those three resources are profoundly rich. And it's wild to see even science confirming them. It's wild to see the things that Jesus died and resurrected to give to us. They are, in a sense, the resources of his gospel, his good news. Now, of course, you don't have to be addicted to pornography or sex to find these resources valuable. Uh, They're resources that you can give to the community around you that will help you to love and equip the people who are trapped around you in these sorts of addictions and practices. I hope they've been helpful to you. If you know of other practices that have been beneficial, please throw them in the notes below in the comments section. We would love to hear that. As it pertains to these three practices in particular, if you have any thoughts, we would love to read those. Folks, we are genuinely thankful for all of you. Uh, Here's to another thousand. We're hoping that, again, that these kinds of conversations will become commonplace. These sorts of resources are needed. And if you want to support the show, check out the Disruptor Initiative. Join us. Fight alongside of us. You get a sweet mug along with other things. You get to shape this podcast and help normalize these kinds of conversations. Uh, Folks, we are, again, so thankful for you. And we will catch you next time on The Naked Gospel.